Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Weird Fiction Podcast. You probably just heard a cargo past. It did. This week we're going to have Tim James from Greenham Gaming on. Should be awesome. We have a good chat. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Links to everything will be in the description. Don't forget to give us a rate and a subscribe on iTunes. That's pretty much the way to get ahead on that particular platform. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Check me out on Twitter, YouTube, just put a new video up, actually, it's about mounting your friends. Um, I, I like it. Gonna have one up next week as well, working on the script for that right now. And yeah, that's pretty much it. We are gonna be led into this episode and exited from this episode with great force by Bebop, Banger, Pumpers, track Slick Like That. And you can find them on the Free Music Archive, I'll also have a link down below. Alright, that's it. Yeah, okay, so we're recording now. Um, oof, hello, lovely children. Um, welcome to the show. I'll have a more detailed intro at the start before I play this one. So, woo, I'll fix it in editing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here with Tim from Greenham Gaming. How are you? Hi, man? how you doing? I'm, yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm good. It's fucking hot. Oh, it is, yeah. And you're in Australia as well, so it's you're encountering the, the full kind of force of an Australian Christmas, Australian summer. Mm, it's awful. Uh, no I, fun. Yeah. Been lived here all my life, have not gotten more used to it. No, definitely not. But now what were we just talking about? Um before we hit the record button we were we actually got chatting about all kinds of tech. Uh we were talking about um we were talking about how people have a tendency to assume a item or service with one function is the best at that one function and yeah. tend to disregard things that multitask. Yeah, I think the best example of that theory is um, when you're going to buy a television, right? Think of a TV with a built-in DVD player. Now, is this a high-end TV or is this a low-end TV? That would absolutely be a high-end TV. Well, well, you oh, think, actually, you, that's you think a good it'd be point. A high, now, you're thinking, mm. right, of a TV, right? You're walking into JB Hi-Fi, and they've got these—they've got these big, massive TVs, right? And then they got these little ones that have a DVD player built into them, and they're a combo unit with an iPod dock. And they've got all these different features in the little kind of low-end one. And it's really funny that that one's the cheapest, and that the the one that only has the single purpose is the most expensive. That's the—it's just this weird thing you see in tech. Yeah, I just realized, as soon as I said that, I was like, wait a minute, I paid like $20 for a TV with a DVD player built into it a couple months back. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, no, that is true. People tend to just kind of, you know, I think I think a lot of it has to do with presentation for the most part. Like, um, the one that I, the TV that I bought that has a little DVD player built into it, it's a really thick TV. I think people would look at that and immediately assume it's some kind of old thing that is going to mm. whine when you, especially when you put it up against a, like the other televisions that are kicking about here, which are a little like, you know, thinner and yeah, yeah. smaller bevels and things like that. I think, um, a lot of that goes like a lot of that decision-making from the like casual buyer is based entirely on aesthetic. Which, um, mm. you know, it's fair enough. Gonna have your feng shui and all that jazz. But you see it also in audio. It's just craziness, right? Okay, when you're, when you're going to buy an audio system, all right, 
the lowest end one is the one where it's just speakers a a and a system. Sorry. The system has, you know, an iPod dock, a tuner, a CD player, and a volume, and it's got all the amplifying equipment and all the equipment, the analog to digital and all that in the box, and then it's just got speakers. And then if you go to an audiophile's house and you look at their system, they've got 20 different fucking components just to get the sound out of the CD player. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They I got mean, a CD player, then they got a DAC, and then they got an analog to digital, and they got an amplifier and a deamplifier and a tube amp and all this bullshit just to get the same effect. You know? Yeah, uh, the audio file one is like especially weird for me. I mean, I, I've never. Um, I, I mean, maybe I've just got awful ears because I went to a lot of concerts when I was younger. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of been using like the same little pair of off-the-shelf Sony like earbuds for like the past couple of years, and they seem to work fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's audio file. High-end audio is, in my opinion, a bit of a myth. Um, and and it's become very very recent that, that high-end audio has become a popular thing. Uh, it was it never really bothered people <laughs> a whole lot before. It's only recently it's gotten crazy. Um, but yeah, now you can get you can get these Sony MP3 players that are high res, and they cost about four hundred bucks. And I'm thinking high res. Hold on, we're talking about audio here, not a picture. So. <laughs> gone crazy i think that's used as a way to communicate that it'll um that it can accept and play higher bitrate files at a um, like you know it, yeah. it can just accept and play higher quality files or maybe like flac files uncompressed things but mm. it's just kind of said in a way that like you know the just like the per a person who's not that tech savvy will look at it and go oh okay it's better it um can do more things but even then like you know your average like your average not that tech savvy person is probably just going to download some kind of compressed mp3 from a site and mm. not really get the full benefit of that hardware anyway so mm. yeah i don't know i i wish i could appreciate that kind of stuff but i just haven't experienced it yet i'm um i don't know i've been thinking about getting a dac or some kind of sound card for my pc just to see if there is any kind of change yep but so far i've not you know Mm. not made the leap and experienced that but uh yeah. Yeah. yeah audio it just it just baffles me to be honest with you that and another thing another thing what kind of music do you listen to do you listen to kind of older stuff or newer stuff i tend to mix it up um usually what i've been listening to a lot of lately um a band called the do they're i think um i think the last album came out in like 2010 or something mm -hmm. and they're just kind of um I don't know, vaguely techno, vaguely not. A uh, good example of stuff I listen to, I used to listen to a lot of uh, Rise Against or System of a Down, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, things like that. I listen to a bit of folk now as well, mix it up a bit. Lovely. No, no, but I, I was going to make this point that, that um, recently music, I'm, I'm not a musician, so correct me if I'm wrong, but... Lately, it's, music's very much gone from this thing where rather than creating a big album that's really, really solid from, you know, from track one to track 12, it's an excellent album. It's turned into just getting a good track. It's got to be this one good track, so it goes on iTunes and everyone buys it. Um, I think the idea of making a great album has, has actually faded out. And but the reason that that is because of is because of the iPod age. 
that age where people are skipping through their iPod, they've got their thumb on the next button, and they're just looking for the next catchy song. While with a vinyl record, you put or a CD, you put it in, and you kind of you kind of listen to the thing from start to finish. You know what I mean? There's not you, you don't really skip on a vinyl record. You you, you put the needle down and you, you sit down and listen. And yeah, I also like I don't know if um. I don't know if it has, but it does feel like the practice of just releasing singles has become a lot more popular. Definitely. Possibly for the like same re- uh, most likely for the same reason that you mentioned. Um, mm. Yeah, and you know I don't think that's a bad thing. I just you know the, I think the last um, yeah the last album that felt like a full complete thing I listened to was a uh, oh actually I'll just pull up iTunes and get the name. Ah oh, jeez, should have been a tiny bit more prepared. <laughs> Come on. The last, the last great one I think I heard was uh, Tame Impala's Currents. I just thought that was flawless. It was the last album I've probably gone into JB Hi-Fi and bought. Ooh, I haven't listened to Tame Impala in a long time. This new album, Currents, was was just fabulous. Hmm, I'll have to check it out. Um, I'm looking at Shake, Shook, Shaken by The Do, and that oh, yeah. was a really, really good album. I quite enjoyed it. It um, yeah, I don't know. It it had a sense of pacing to all the songs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't. I can't remember the last time I heard like specifically a concept album. I think um, the last one I checked out would have been something by like My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm just gonna close my window so these time. fucking crickets shut up. There we go. That's better. <laughs> that's all right. That's not a big deal. Adds charm okay. to the recording. No, it does. But uh, mm. yeah, no, and it comes from the same thing. Like in my car, right? I got a cassette deck. I haven't got a CD player. I got this cassette deck, and. Uh, when I'm sitting in my car, I can't really... It's very, very difficult for me to drive and skip tracks. Because in my car, it's a manual, so you're constantly kind of just changing gears, and you really want a good album, because you want to put the tape in, and you want to just not have to skip a song, right? And it's craziness. Like, I've got all these old Beatles tapes in my car, and they're just... They're, they're all fabulous from start to finish, and it's not like, and if I plug my iPod into my car, I've got this little adapter thing. I find myself constantly reaching for the iPod going, no, next song, no, next song, no, next song. Oh, that song's okay, I'll listen to that. It, it, music, I think, has just changed because of how easy it is to skip songs now. You know what I mean? The whole industry, the whole idea of making an album has shifted because of the technology. Yeah, and as such, the philosophy behind putting together an album definitely would have as well. But, uh, yeah, it is, it, like, the shuffle feature is both a gift and a curse. It is, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I, my channel, and, and indeed my interest in technology, is not just the tech, but rather how culture is influenced by the tech. Because culture is massively influenced by tech, massively. Yeah, um, yeah there's no arguing with that. I mean, uh, do you want to, when was the last time you walked into a Virgin Megastore? God, never. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of tech, right? Because of because of Napster and because of all these music piracy sites. They destroyed the idea of going into a music store and buying an album. You now do it on iTunes. Or you listen to it on YouTube first, you know? Mm. Before you go to, into a restaurant, you, you read the review. It's, uh, it's this age. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it... Well, yeah, it, it's an age where criticism of a place is very easy to find. Reviews and stuff, they're often Everyone's a good a critic. thing. But... Everyone's a critic. Everyone's a critic. You know what I mean? Th- yeah, absolutely. But that's the thing. Like, 
user reviews and things are all like are always something that you have to be wary of because you know for example if you go to steam and check out user review, uh, reviews for something they'll leave a rating and then they'll write the review the review like the text might be a joke but the rating is actually going to affect that product's metrics oh my dog mm. is trying to get in mm. um yeah i don't know user reviews are something i tend to steer well clear of unless i like, for example, say I pick up a game on Steam and I have a terrible time with it. Like, it's just really, 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 really bad. I read the reviews just to make sure, like, you know, to, to like, you know, to affirm myself. Yeah. Yeah, but that's about the only time I tend to touch consumer reviews. Because, yeah, everyone's a critic. Not everyone's qualified. No, but living, living on the internet, and the thing I've found with my channel is... When I first started YouTube, I thought, hey, this is going to be great. I'm going to have no boss. Uh, you know, in a year's time, I'll be making money off this. I'll have no boss. I'll be able to eat. You know, I'll be able to sleep all day and work all night. But it's nothing like that. You, When you're working on YouTube, you just have, rather than one boss, you have 10,000 bosses. Because really, it's the subscribers and the viewers who are deciding whether you get your next paycheck. Yeah. Um, so they are your boss and they are your critics and it's quite difficult in fact to please them all and uh, that's what I've found on YouTube it's like every single person is a critic with an opinion when previously and, and, and it's very very easy for the viewer to reach through the screen and touch the creator very very easy go back 30 years you see something you don't like on television there's very little you can do about it now mm -hmm. though, you know you don't you see something you don't like on YouTube. You can you can get you can really get to work on a nasty comment, or you can send the person a message and harass them. It's really it's the internet age has has built these these has turned everyone into a critic. I'm not sure whether I like it or not, but it but because of this internet age, I have a I have a channel, so I you know I love and hate it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The um, the interesting thing about your channel is you make a really, like, you make a point of not doing, like, you know, not doing the, uh, you know, the stereotypical thing tech channels do. Like, you know, you're not going in the same direction as, like, Linus Tech Tips or Awesome Source Network or anything like that. Your channel has oh, its God, no, very no. own specific <laughs> brand of tech, like, geekiness to it. And, yeah. um... I think the cool thing about being on the internet and being able to create your own content and create what you really, really want to create is there are people who that will resonate with and they will stick with you. Mm. So in a way, yeah, you, you, like it is, it is trudging waist deep through a sea of shit, but uh, every now and then you'll find a bit of corn that is nice and still sweet. And that is good. <laughs> I like that, but yeah. and you, you got a great point there. I mean, it's it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was disgusting. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it is very interesting the way. Um, well, I mean, I guess you know the term for it is a cult following. For um, yeah, well, for example, uh, recently a bunch of creators, uh, particularly those uh, in games journalism, the people who cover games reviews and stuff have been breaking away from their jobs at official websites like a Destructoid or The Escapist or something mm -hmm. and have begun supporting themselves via sites like Patreon and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they've had relative, like really, really, really good success. I mean, I can think of one uh, journalist, Jim Sterling, off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. That dude, I think he's making like 10 grand a month. Jeez. Yeah, it just... <laughs> 
bailed and then started doing his own thing and yeah but yeah no the great thing about the internet is that no matter how weird you are no matter how how fucked up you are there are a hundred people who are as fucked up as you and they all want to be friends with you you know what i mean oh yeah exactly i mean yeah, for every one, like, cigarette in a disc drive on your channel, there are people who will do that a thousand times over. And then when they find that kind of content that they resonates with, I, it's in a really high beautiful school, thing. In high school, I was the only kid who, um, who, like, who thought that Saab cars were nice, and I was the only kid who thought that old computers were better. But now I, I start this channel and I think, you know what, I'm probably going to be the only guy on YouTube who thinks this. But before you know it, there's comments coming in going... Oh, you like subs too, and oh, you like old tech too, and it—it's really, it's really nice to know that you're not the only fucked up person in the world, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I um, I make my own computers and stuff, and yeah, your channel resonated with me because up until like late last year, early this year, um, all of my computers have been from like hand-me-down parts and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, basically, I, I've always had those kind of like outdated machines and stuff mm. well green mm. gaming is a, is very much a channel for cheapskates basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and it's and uh, and the reason that that is is because i myself am a cheapskate and i will i will i will weasel my way out of any any opportunity you know i'll always try to save money and um that's how i've always been the reason i play old games is not because well, yes i like them and they have charm but also because they're cheaper. But Greenham Gaming, I think the specialty of it, what appeals to people is that it is weird, and it is a channel in which weird people who are also weird can come to it and go, hey, this guy, this guy Tim, he's um, he's pretty weird and I'm pretty weird. I like this. And it actually creates a stronger loyalty than someone going and watching, say, Linus Tech Tips and going, okay, I want to be like this guy it's much more friendly to know okay you know what tim from greenham gaming is quite like me he's as weird as me he's as fucked as me while you know this other guy it's more like i'm 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 having to idolize him it's 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 a nicer connection i think yeah definitely and um yeah and then and then a dude with a podcast about weird people gets in touch with you and asks you to come and be weird with him (laughs) for a bit (laughs) <laughs> and that's what I love about it. And then it's... the weirdness just grows, gets weirder and weirder. But um, yeah, your videos do have a um, they definitely do have that weird, rough charm to them. They do. They're they're yeah. very they're, they're they're almost like a home movie, and I think that's what pe- was what, what people have liked. Um, I've in fact avoided. I did a whole I did a video um the Fallout Four PC I think it was. And I shot it at my mate's house, and he's got very professional lighting, and he's got a very professional kind of camera and everything. So we shot that all at his house, and the reaction from the subscribers was tar- was terrible. They all hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Looks too <laughs> good. You know? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's too refined, it's too Austin Evans, and I thought, God, okay. So I went I went back to the full full-on, you know, crappy lighting and and you know wobbly shots and they all go oh yep great video fabulous have make another one please and i go oh there you go <laughs> see that's an excellent position to be in because like you said you're a cheapskate and you don't need to spend that much money on equipment ever it's what i like it's, um, that's an excellent way to set yourself up 
Yeah, I think it's really funny that the channel started as a as it was it focused on this crap tech mainly because I couldn't afford better tech, and then now 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 it's grown around it to the point in which I don't want better tech, and the fans who watch it don't want to see better tech. They don't care. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that's the thing. Old tech is very interesting. I mean, like I can't. I probably just search it, but if I Google Pentium Four. I'm pretty sure one of the first results will be a guy cooking pasta on it. And I had seen that video, what a great video it is. It's an incredible <laughs> video, and I'm pretty sure it's got a ton of views. Uh, yeah, 46,000, that that's a nice amount of views. I'm pretty sure this guy just keeps cooking com Yeah, he just keeps cooking things on computer components. Well, yeah, there you go, he's found his niche, he's found his specialty in YouTube, he's found his little spot, and good on him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. God knows where he keeps getting processors for that for, because I can imagine that they probably wouldn't do more than yeah, one. It wouldn't video. Last, last too long on that one, but yeah, no, I think I think the specialty of Green Am is also that I I've since I was a kid I've always been fascinated by tech that tech that's underpowered doing doing incredible things, so tech doing things that it shouldn't do, and I think that's that's a big thing with life. We all love an underdog, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Everybody loves to see. Uh, the kid that they didn't suspect win the race and beat the jock, you know? We yeah. all love it. Like, I'll, I'll never throw out the graphics card that I've had for the longest time. It's an old, uh, an old Elite Group GTX 460 with mm -hmm. the sticker torn off. It's been mounted and remounted a million times. It's got my own, like, thermal paste on it, not the, uh, not the stuff that it came with. <laughs> it's been overclocked dangerously so to the point where, um... I was playing The Witcher 2 with it because that's yeah. pretty much all it could handle and uh, it, it looked like the screen was about to explode. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so I dialed it back, of course. But, like, yeah, I'm never going to get rid of that card because that card did... like Yeah, like you said, that card did things I didn't think it could do. Like, mm -hmm. I've played games where the recommended specs were higher than a GTX 460 and I still <laughs> managed to, you know, get it to run. Which uh, pulls us in nicely to something that we were talking about last week when we had the VR discussion. Apparently, I've got a um, I've got an FX sixty three hundred in my current computer, which is like you know, I mean, it's an AMD processor. They're a little reasonable older chip, now. though. Reasonable, yeah. Absolutely, for the price, reasonable. I paid one hundred and fifty dollars for this. Um, Jesus. yeah, and that it was yeah, it performs really really well. Turbo's up to four point one gigahertz, six core. Um, <laughs> apparently, that's not powerful enough for the Oculus Rift. Yeah, no, no, I think I think that VR is just going to be a whole nother leap. Um, it, this happens with tech every five years. Like, they, something comes out that pushes the, the whole envelope. Um, I think Crisis was the game that did it a while ago. When Crisis came out, all the graphics card makers, they hardened the fuck up, basically, and said, okay, we got to knuckle down now. we got to stop screwing around. <laughs> We gotta start start making these these you know these cars that can crunch DirectX. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Half Life Two did it, and uh, before Half Life it was um, I don't know the Voodoo the Voodoo cards, but yeah, I think VR is gonna be another one of those things. It's just gonna make the whole industry go, holy shit, we better put on our seatbelts. Hmm, I hope so. But I mean, right now, and especially at the price point it's at, it's a and because PC gaming is catching on, like it's seeing mainstream appeal, but it's still a niche of a niche. Um, 
But yeah, oh man, that reminds me. Do, do you remember way, way, way back when they had like specific cards that were physics processors? Yeah, I remember yeah, that. That yeah, was yeah. that Long was interesting. Ago. I wonder if um, I wonder if there might be like a similar solution for VR, just some kind of like plug and play mm. thing. Mm. That'd be great. Like a, like like Nvidia brings out a a VR card and says, hey. This is our GTX VR or whatever, and says, you know, this is this will do VR, and it has a coprocessor, and if your PC is a piece of shit, it doesn't matter. Just plug the bitch in, and you're on. Yeah, that would be a really, really... I think that would be a very, very smart solution, considering, you know, a lot of people with fairly, like, high-end rigs are still having... Like, are still apparently not passing tests and things. Hey, uh, you had a great point there about how PC gaming is just catching the mainstream. Um, and I wanted to address that uh, in the sense that the consoles this generation, you probably, you might have seen my PS4 review, you might not have, I'm not sure. But oh, I've seen it, yeah. It, uh, I, I hated the thing, to be honest with you. I thought it was a big hunk of shit. Yeah, um, it's not great, <laughs> is it? But, uh, and then I, I was thinking on the, on, in the shower this morning, um, a thing that Microsoft could do if they wanted to win the console game what they'd have to do is they'd have to say, okay, every Xbox One that we've sold now comes with Windows 10, and you can flick a switch, and your Xbox One is a gaming PC. That would be excellent in terms of functionality. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. What What and amazes drop, me with the... Display? Imagine that, though. They, they dropped the price, so it's maybe, like, 350 bucks. It yeah. would be the cheapest gaming PC you could get. Absolutely, but I'm not sure if the hardware would be worth it. I mean, mm. the hardware choices in the uh, in these consoles, like they confuse me no end because they are um, they're multi-core processors, like eight-core processors, mm. but their clock, like their speeds are clocked very, very low. Where mm. like whereas in games, normally the higher clock speed rather than the core count is what's going to get you more performance. Mm-hmm. So it amazes me that they didn't go with, like, a quad-core, which seems to be optimal right now if you're looking for that sweet spot in terms mm-hmm. of CPU performance. Um, it amazes me that they didn't go with a quad-core and, say, rather than hovering around 1.8 to 2 gigahertz on every core, maybe go for, like, three, uh, 3.2 up to, you mm-hmm. know, 3.6 in, in that ballpark. That seems mm-hmm. like it would have performed much better Definitely. in games. Yeah, no, I, yeah they, 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 did some, they did some weird stuff, but I think... If that that would be a deal breaker because then you could switch your Xbox One onto the Windows mode, install Steam, and next time there's a Steam sale, whack a few games on and you're sort. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. I think I think that's something that I think Microsoft needs to pull out if uh, if 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 they're thinking, okay, Xbox One's dying fast, we're gonna need to we need to revitalize it. I think that's what they do. Oh god, can you imagine overclocking utilities? What kind of access would you have to the hardware? That's what I'd be interested in. Overclocking be... an Xbox One, that'd be a bit of fun. That would be <laughs> insane. I mean, I'm I'm fairly certain people have already water-cooled um, the next-gen console. I say next-gen, yep. current-gen consoles. I'm pretty sure people have already water-cooled them, so it... It seems like it would that would be a thing that you could do. Obviously not hmm. with the coolers they've got on them, because the PlayStation 4 sounds like it's about to fucking take off. <laughs> and the Xbox One is just perpetually warm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The the Xbox, they're they're both. I think they're both silly. I I like the Xbox One a little more because it's um, because it's got a bit more of an old. It's it's an underdog. You know me. I like underdogs. 
<laughs> yeah. It's it's the it's the one that's that's losing, and I like the one that's losing. I I think you know what you can you can win this, buddy. Come on, yeah. turn this turn this battle around. Um, but you know, I I, I, I let's get off consoles. Yeah, because that is just a <laughs> rabbit hole that you it's will. It's <laughs> a dangerous topic to discuss. Um, oh, especially on the internet, people oh, people oh. get mad. That's another good point you bring up, actually. I don't think now you can correct me if you're wrong, if if you think I'm wrong, but. When the 360 was out and the PS3 was out, I don't think that PC gamers were that vicious against consoles. Mm, I'd say maybe towards the later period. Or actually, I I, I don't know, I guess... I think it's only recently that I've gone on, like, YouTube and I've clicked on, you know, Fallout 4, Xbox One gameplay, and rather than people going, hey, this looks good, or wow, you've got the dog, or wow, you've got this gun, people... All the comments are just, ha, 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 consoles suck, PCs are better. And I'm thinking, wow, you guys are brutal. You must be actively sitting at home, actively watching the comment section, watching the videos, ready to just rip anyone who says consoles are better. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, like, I think... Um, I th- Yeah, I think it was definitely there. I just don't think it would... The, people were oh, as always, vocal yeah, about always, it. I it's think... always present. Yeah. I think there was more competition between the two big consoles at the time, more so than, mm. um, you know, between consoles and PC. But that seems to have changed lately. Mm. And I'm not mm. sure if that's just because PCs have come more into the mainstream and mm. as such are being seen as like a third console. So, you know, it's the, like the same, the same shitty people that were bickering and fighting earlier. Uh, mm. But now that some of them have a PC, there's just another faction thrown in. But hey, on the on the um, but it was even it was even present back on the N sixty four age. I remember there was this one ad from three D effects. You know, you, you know, three D effects, a massive. Oh yeah, absolutely. The juggernaut Ancient. of the nineties. Yeah. Um, they had this ad, and it said, uh, "There are two kinds of gamers in this world: um, gamers who play on consoles, and uh, gamers who've actually seen breasts." And I just thought. <laughs> Wow, 3D effects. <laughs> you guys are fucking nasty. That was that's savage. I, and I think that, that, in my opinion, that ad was kind of where it started. This, this, this war. Rather than hey, have you played Tomb Raider? Yeah, I've got it on PS One. Yeah, I got it on PC. It's a great game, isn't it? I think that's where it started. This whole oh, you've got it on PS One. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh man, I still remember running that game in DOS mode. Oh, it was classic. It was an uh, absolute classic. Lovely. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Tomb Raider is one of those uh, like a series of games that I like grew up playing. So I was really fucking happy when it got a reboot in 2013 and wasn't shit. Hey, but have you played um, the new one, Rise of the Tomb Raider? I've got it on Xbox One. I've played a bit of it and it feels like exactly more of the same, but that's not a bad thing to me. So I'm mm. I'm having a good time with it, but I want to wait until um I want to wait until the uh, PC version comes out and I want to see yeah. if it's any good before I buy it because, you know, I, I put quite a bit of cash into my GPU and all that. I got a 970. So um I want to see how much I can make that fucker sweat before I um <laughs> I, I was really impressed with it. My fr- I haven't I don't own it, but a friend of mine does. And I went over, I played it on his Xbox One. And I thought, this is next gen. This is, 
probably the first game that I ever saw and I've gone on Xbox One and I went, wow, this, this is impressive. No yeah. other game on Xbox One has impressed me graphically. N- n- none of them. Um, but Two Rise of the Tomb Raider, I thought, oh, okay. Something's going on here. <laughs> yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider was really good. I, Yeah, I wasn't that impressed with Halo 5 graphically. I wasn't impressed with a lot about Halo 5. I mean, I love the multiplayer, but that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Graphically, I think, um, yeah, if Halo just stayed at the level it's at and mm. then continued to keep that constant 60 frames a second, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, that would be, like, where it should stay graphically. It's, but in terms of pretty yeah. games, what I would love to see would be um, Bloodborne on the PC because that game is incredible. Like... Mm, the tech like cloth physics and things or feather physics fur physics all of that in that game is just really really well done and you can tell that from software i've always had like a little bit of a hard-on for that kind of technology like you know it was in dark souls 1 to a very limited extent it was a big focus visually of dark souls 2 Mm. and um yeah i don't know i'm really looking forward to dark souls 3 as well Mm, no i that, that point you made about halo and 60 fps i have very I've, I've got one of my I, I like to write all my ideas down on these whiteboards I've got in my room I've got about four or five of these whiteboards and uh, one of them is the history of 60 FPS when did this 60 FPS thing become a problem you know an, uh, an issue um, and it was funny that everyone was making a big deal about Halo 5 being 60 FPS they're going wow it's 60 FPS and I thought are you fucking kidding me? It should have been... Every game on fucking Xbox One should be 60 FPS. This is next-gen, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's just... Like, I, I totally agree. Every game should be 60 FPS, but the fact that someone actually managed to fucking do it... Like, it's about time. I think people are excited. I think it's more relief than excitement. Yeah, it is. It's re- yeah. That's what it was for me. It was relief. It was like, finally, something's come out. It's 60 FPS. It feels quite nice. The game itself is, in my opinion, not that great. Um, I'm a big fan of the old Halos. I like 3, three 2, and 1. Mm. Um, but the new stuff, number 4 and Reach and 5, I just I, I did not find that entertaining. I'm, I don't know. I'm a sucker for Halo. I like them all. Um, 3 is probably my most played one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I... God, I went through that campaign like a million times. Mm. And then, yeah, closely followed by Reach and stuff. But um, I've been enjoying... I, I enjoy the multiplayer in 5. I think what a lot of what a lot of modern shooters have been doing lately, because um, roommate of mine got Black Ops 3 recently, so of course I've had a little play with it. Um, it's interesting that a lot of shooters are finally deciding to increase player mobility. I think that's a really interesting design choice, and I think... It's not gonna save a lot of stale shooters like Call of Duty or Battlefield or whatever, but it is gonna like it does help. It is a lot more fun to play. What do you mean by uh, player mobility? Sorry, I'm, I'm half asleep. Oh, no, sorry, <laughs> it's alright. Um, by player mobility, I mean things like um, you know how in Halo you can climb up, uh, Halo Five you can climb oh, up on oh, ledges okay. and things. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, that yeah. dash. Uh, in Black Ops Three, you've got like a kind of jetpack, I guess, so you can always do like a little double jump. Or you can mm. run along walls and things, and yeah, just a kind of extra mobility like that. Like, for example, in the Halo game, and, and Black Ops 3, now you can, like, slide on the ground and stuff, so you need to get into a room quickly, but, you know, you don't want to just walk in. Hey, here's and something I'm, I ask yeah. every gamer. Um, 
every every serious game. Well, what do you reckon is the best Call of Duty game? When, when was the series at its peak, in your opinion? I don't think I've played enough. It's never been a series that I... It's never been a franchise that I really got into, mainly because, Neither. you know, but, it's yeah. just like... The one I think I've got the fondest memories of, because it's the one that my friend had and we would always go and play, it would be uh, the first Black Ops. Oh, yeah, oh, I- you, you've just stolen the words out of my mouth. I was about to say the first Black Ops. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I've played so many rounds of Kino de Toten. Like... Kino, yeah, Kino de Toten. Um, I don't know how the fuck you say it, Kino. Anyway, and then uh, Nuketown. Mm, yes, Nuketown. Nuketown. Both, both just fabulous. In fact, the next video that's coming on Green Am Gaming, I now have in my room three Xbox 360s that I've bought. Um, and I've got three copies of Black Ops, and we're going to have an Xbox 360 LAN. Oh, awesome. And we're just... Because I, 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 if you've ever done this with 360s, it's, it's, it's incredible how easy it is to have a LAN with them. All you got to do is just slap them together, plug them all into the same router, get the game up, press system link, and you're done. Yeah, I mean, going back... Okay, I know we were going to get off con- um, consoles, but like in your P- uh, PS4 review... One of your big sticking points was that it couldn't multitask properly, mm. and that weirds me out because, like, not not what you said about it. I agree, um, but like, they seem to have either stagnated or taken small steps backwards in regards to their consoles' versatility as a media machine. Like the original Xbox was a really good multimedia device. Oh fuck yeah! You could you could do anything with that thing. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, they marketed the Xbox One specifically as a multimedia device, like you can, you know, it's got HDMI in and out, so you can plug in your set-top box and all that, all that junk. Um, and it and you know, and you, know, and you remember the PS3 had that menu? The whole menu was just all about media, and game was only this one little icon. Yeah, and it seems like the next-gen consoles, and I mean, like, to their, like, to their detriment, especially in the case of the Xbox One, have tried to go for that from a marketing perspective, mm. but mm. not from a software perspective. No, they haven't. It's really funny. I, I actually donated my PS3 to my mum a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> because she said to me, she said, Oh, Tim, Tim, I need a, um, need a box for Netflix. And I said, Okay. Um, I was thinking about giving her the 360. And then I was thinking, Oh, I can't imagine her navigating, you know, turning it on every time and going over to movies and TV, then my video apps and then Netflix. Well, the PS3, you just turn the bitch on, move over to TV and video, click Netflix and you're in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's what we use. Um, We've got a couple of really, like, the old PS3s kicking about here. Um, That's basically what they're used for. Yeah. We've got one of the original ones, which is just kind of like a display piece, I guess. And they're rock um, solid. They're just absolutely yeah. rock solid consoles, in my opinion. Um, still working, yeah. I, I mean, they've survived the two toddlers running hardware. around. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> point points for the PlayStation Three in terms of durability. Definitely. I mean, I've yeah, the old cons. I'm not obviously we don't know with um the next gen consoles how like long they're built to last. I mean, they're already. Like, you've probably seen stories of, like, the Xbox One uh, drives and things failing pretty much, like, a week or so after purchase. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, I've got, an uh, like, a 20-gig arcade Xbox 360, like, one of the really OG ones, and that thing will still turn on. I mean, like, oh, it'll you, work. You've seen my white one. That was, that, was, that was one of the originals, man. It's still going strong. 
Yeah, I mean, mine's not really going strong. It's um, I think the USB port, uh, USB ports got busted. Oh, I no. need to smack it to get the disk drive to actually come out, oh, but yeah. it will still still read discs, so it's not broken yet. Damn it! My friend has a 360 Slim, and I say to him, "Hey, you, you should really get the the arcade. They're much more fun. They break a lot, and you got to go and figure out what they're doing and what's wrong. And it's it's much more fun." Yeah, <laughs> it's good if you're it's good if you're a tinker. Yeah, it's yeah. it's funny like that, but yeah uh, anyway i think the old consoles they're just a bit more they just they put a little bit more thought into it i think mm, yeah. they, were, they were a bit more at home 360 was so easy to play a game it takes you you know you pop the disc and you don't have to install it you, you just fucking play you're on yeah and all that was some like really crazy hardware choices like didn't have a tricore processor tricore power pc yeah. Do you know about PowerPC architecture? I'm assuming you do. It's it's uh, they, vaguely. You know the PowerPC processor. This strange breed of processor, and they used it in in Macs before about 2004, I think. And um, yeah, it's so weird that they used that chip. And and the PS3. Don't even get me started on that thing's hardware. It's, yeah, it's like processing with RAM or something is what I've heard. I mean, I haven't looked into it, but yeah, I've heard it does some weird stuff. You know, someone was like, hey, hey, Sony, when's uh, when's PS3 backwards compatibility coming? I just thought to myself, I'm sorry, guys, that's never going to fucking happen. Yeah, there's no way in hell. The only, yeah, emulation for that console is going to be tough. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Emulation's an interesting one. I mean, I... Yeah, and it's, it's, it's legally, legally a very questionable thing right now. Um, Nintendo are already cracking down on it. Yeah, which is weird because whenever I like, you know, whenever people talk about playing ROMs and stuff, all they're ever playing when I, you know, talk to them about it is Nintendo games. Mm, um, Nintendo. But it absolutely, ha- I think, um, I think it's a tough one because I think emulation is a necessary practice for like archival perp- uh, purposes. Because oh, yeah. there are games, sorry, you can probably hear my dog going off. Um, there are <laughs> games that are going to be like just completely lost to the ages if they're not like you know if that data is not recovered and then you know made experienceable somehow and the easiest way to do that these days seems to be through emulation you couldn't be more right man i i before i actually bought a nintendo 64 i fell in love with the console emulating it on project 64 the emulator Mm, that's why i bought one because i i loved it so much on the emulator and the snes and the nes the same thing it's very difficult, uh, you know, to, to... And a lot of those games that for those consoles are so fucking rare, you're never going to get them. Yeah, and when you do see them, it's like $150 for a yeah. corner of time just yeah, because you, it's got some gold paint on it. Exactly. No, you're thank, thinking no yourself, thank you. You're thinking to yourself, hey, you know what, I just want to play it for 15 minutes to have a bit of a nostalgiagasm, mm. and and I'm going to have to pay 100 bucks for that. I mean, who, no. Steve Jobs used to have this great saying, which was, um, if you don't offer people a an easier legal solution, they will always go with the illegal solution. And that's yeah. why the iTunes store, because it was, it was significantly easier to download a song illegally than buy it on iTunes. So, sorry, no, than buy it back then. Yeah. Uh, but iTunes came along and now it's very 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 easy if you've got your credit card already in to, to buy a song on itunes but um yeah i mean well like that's what happened when i bought that album i was talking about earlier shake shook shaken um i listened to one song loved it thought you know what 
I'm just gonna buy the album, screw it, I'll take a leap of uh, faith. Wasn't disappointed at all. But like it was, like I said, it was incredibly easy. And um, how long did it take you to have the album in your library? Maybe about, two minutes. About a minute. Fast. Yeah, exactly. Internet was fast for a little bit, and uh, yeah, went straight in. You know, and if you want to do that the illegal way, which or not really illegal, the legally questionable way these days, which is you YouTube download everything, mm. that would have taken at least fifteen minutes to go and collect every track and find the high quality versions, and then get some album art off Google Images and then find the right year and make sure that all the albums are now in order. It would have taken you half an hour to get the album together. Yeah, exactly. And no one, well, I mean, people have time for it, but no one should have time for that kind of dicking around. It's more, yeah, it's a, it's a matter of the, and the same things happen with Netflix in Australia. Since they bought it here, it's just been a massive success. Mm, exactly, because it is incredibly easy. It's just easy. It's as simple as that. I, I'm much happier to pay five bucks a month than have to chase down torrents. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think um I think that like obviously our point here is that if you give pe like if you make it easy for people to pay you for for a thing they will pay you for a thing yeah. like um uh, bringing it back to gaming stuff like you play in things mm. I don't frown upon people who like you know to say to me I've pirated the Ubisoft game because you play barely fucking works. Yeah, and even on the best a, of days, you play is shocking. Yeah, and that is a necessary hurdle to actually give them money for that game. They've actively made it harder to get a hold of their product. Yeah. So, yeah, I got no sympathy for a company that will make you do something like that. Or EA's Origin. Origin is slightly better, I mean... Oh, no, they're both shocking. Steam's the only only online game retailer that I think I've found has been seamless. Have you checked out GOG? Because I've been using that lately, and that's been... Like, I've been testing out GOG Galaxy, which is their DRM-free competitor to Steam. I've been having a ton of fun with that. Oh, I'll have to check that out. But, um, yeah, no... Funny thing about if we if we want to jump back onto the channel, um, funny thing about the channel is I I really ironically have any time to play games. Um, <laughs> I, I I bought Fallout Four and I love it. I think it's one of the best games that that has come out this year or last year. Um, and I've only been able to sink maybe ten hours into it. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and it's just because I've been. I, because 40% of my week is spent at work, bringing in money, you know, to, just to pay fucking bills. And then um, the other half spent on the channel. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, there's, and only only every now and then there's maybe five minutes to slip in where I've already uploaded a video for today and it's uploading and I'm, I have nothing else to do where I can turn on the Xbox and make a cup of tea and enjoy a game. Yeah, oh man, 10 hours, that's like the starting zone for me. <laughs> Five of those hours is making the character. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't when I bought. I I knew that I my time was. It's so funny when you when you're a kid you play games nonstop because time is just nothing to you. You'll play. You'll you know you play for hours and it's just a it's 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 a laugh. But when you become an adult, you start to be really you really start to value your free time. Yeah, and especially if you're um. If you're a person like either one of us who has like who has a creative pursuit, we like mm. to make things. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if it's like this with you, but definitely for me, if I sit down and like this is why I, I um because I originally built my PC to play The Witcher Three because holy shit that game looks incredible. incredible. I've not played it for more than an hour at a time, and every like those playtime like those sessions are so few and far between that every time I do I feel I need to restart to refresh myself with what's happened so I'm perpetually in the starting town 
Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... just because I sit down and I think, this will be great if I can sit, like, if I can sink six hours into this and just really get fantasy, like, fantasy to write the fuck up. And, um, yeah, and then, like, 20 minutes in, I'm thinking, you know what? I've got a script I could be working on. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's really funny. That's the funny thing about creative people. We we find it very difficult to procrastinate. And like we find it that very difficult to procrastinate when we say we have free time, and then when it's yeah. like I need to get a thing done, but uh, yeah, know, you I'll procrastinate. Go, I'll, yeah, I'll go clean my room. I'll go do the yeah, dishes. Yeah, exactly. I can't. Yeah. I can't work in this room. It's too dirty. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I'll, I'll polish my windows. <laughs> yeah, it's a stupid shit like that. But when you actually get free time, you're thinking to yourself. What am I doing playing Fallout? I should be writing a script for the next week. I should be, you know, I should be doing something. Yeah, it's it's really hard to win. I think um, uh, I've got a couple of ideas in the bag for the um the very minimal YouTube stuff that I've been putting on. But the last one is definitely just going to be about how fucked it is trying to keep that balance between making stuff and forcing yourself to have breaks. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's very difficult. Um. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, I do a lot of my thinking at work, to be honest with you, because I'm a, I'm a waiter, basically. That's my job. Um, I do a lot of work at a restaurant, and waiting's fairly fairly robotic. If you if you you know you, you you almost have a script with customers. You know, hi, how you doing? How's your meal? Can I get you anything? Some sauce? Sure, I'll go grab that. Right. Yeah. While, while you're doing this, there's a lot of blank time where you just can where you can think. So I get a lot of my ideas at work, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, lately I've been working as a, a quality assurance agent, so essentially I sit in a room, wait for some trucks to drop some stuff off, and then every hour I will go and get a cup of the stuff and put it in a bucket. And that is, like, that's my entire job. Well, that's <laughs> I, great, man. No, I, I, it's, um, yeah. Work is something that I think, before I, was, before I had a job, when I was just leaving high school and I was just kind of in between things, um, I wasted a lot of time. You know, I, I really wasn't that good with time. And getting a job makes you incredible with time. It just makes you so much more appreciative of your free time and of time in which you're not working. Mm, definitely. And it also, yeah, like, you know, it makes you very, very, very aware of when a single second has been wasted. Yep. And, and money um, as well. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's... Go to the movie and you go, okay, movies. The movie's twenty bucks. That's and that's one point two hours of my life. I've just lost. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Um, there you go. But yeah, oh man, when I do the quality assurance gig, I work twelve hour shifts, so I'm doing nothing for an entire night basically. Because I yeah. So I'm doing nothing all night. I just, yeah, that's where I get, like, all of my video ideas from. Or, like, I'll work on a story or a Twine game or something. Like, I've started bringing my laptop to it just to, um... <laughs> just to, like, work while I'm there. It's lovely. I mean, yeah. the people at my work, I try to I try to talk to them about um, my ideas, and none of them, they, they ever get it. I mean, there's a few there's a few chicks at my work, and they, and they uh... One of them goes, Oh, you've got a YouTube channel here, do you? And I go, yes, 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 and she has them. Oh, do you do you do you do you play Call of Duty on it or do you play Halo? And I'm like, oh. And I just thought to myself, you know what? This girl shouldn't be blamed because this is terrible that she thinks the whole section of gaming on YouTube is either Call of Duty or Halo. I just thought. Well, oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. But that is, yeah, well, that's a testament to the power of marketing. 
Yeah. Um, and also, like, you know, like you said, YouTube depends on... Um, YouTube views and things depend on whether or not you get your next paycheck. So, obviously, people are going to play the popular stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is... That is also that also seems like a really big divide between consoles and PCs because, like, you know, consoles, they get indie titles for sure. No. N- nowhere near as many as PC. So people who play console and then come to PC tend to have this, like, you know, mm, pardon me, tend to have this, like, awakening experience when they realize that there is just so much more to play. Like, you know, I've had people who have only ever played a console in their life look at Steam on my computer and not recognize a single game on the front of the store page. God. Yeah, no, it's it's craziness. But a lot of people, my favorite thing about the PC, to be honest with you, is just that it's just it's it's how how many things you can fucking do on it. I mean, I I love to probably the only game that I I play consecutively every day for maybe a minute, two minutes if I get time. I've got it paused on one of my screens actually. I was playing it before you before I called before we started this. Um, is Minecraft. And I like to play it, and I like to have a show on at the same time, or a podcast, or an album. Now, on a, on a console, it's quite difficult to get a YouTube video or a movie and Minecraft running at the same time. Well, on a PC, that's just a breeze. It's just two windows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, I, I do exactly the same thing. I've got... um. I've been re-listening to an old podcast called The Dismal Jesters, which, if you like, if you like really fucking weird humor, oh, yeah. and just horrible, like, it's not horrible, but it's like, I don't know, it, it's something you have to listen to to know if you like it or not, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I've been re-listening to The Dismal Jesters and playing, um, Heavy Bullets, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, oof. I don't know, I find, I tend to find games like that, like, the majority, like, the vast majority of my time spent gaming has been in these very, like, tiny little minimal indie experiences that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And it's always while doing something else, which is another reason why I think The Witcher 3 has eluded me thus far. It's funny how you've brought me to a very off-topic thing, but um, my me- I, I've noticed in my memory, I remember when I... For some reason, it associates things, because I've been doing this play-as-play games while I watch things for so many years. I was playing... Um, I think I was playing Super Mario 64, I think. And then I, I very I had this strike of memory of this episode of Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, lovely. Because I was watching that at the same time as playing it like eight years ago. And I just thought, holy shit, I can't remember, you know, my license number or my bank account details that well or anything important. But I do remember that seven years ago exactly what happened in this episode of fucking fairly odd parents that happens to me a lot <laughs> like you just yeah memories a terrible thing it it is it's... both a gift and a curse it is the shuffle feature of the mind you're just <laughs> questioning you know you're going brain okay i can understand why you're gonna memorize don't get hit by a car but you've memorized this and i i'm questioning it exactly <laughs> it's like what was my dog's name and yeah. also what happened in that episode of yeah. you know like a Minecraft Let's Play that I watched two years ago. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Hey man, look, I, I need to go run out and get some dinner, but if you want, we can split this into two parts and I can come back. Uh, no, no, we're at about, um, let me just, uh, check the old recording. We're at about 53 minutes, man. We can, um, we can end it here if you'd like it, like, if you've got to run. Well, I've, I've got to, yeah, i got to run, like, because the, the place I'm going to go to closes in, like, 40 minutes. All right, cool. Like... Um, did you want to just quickly tell people where they can find yourself and... 
Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, well, basically, I'm Tim James, and uh, my YouTube channel is Green Hand Gaming. You can find it by whacking it into Google or into the YouTube search bar. It's the first option, and it's uh, it's, it's it stands out because it's 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 a very odd community of very odd people doing odd things. Which it's is odd- exactly why we picked you for this show. Um, it's good. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for coming on, man. It's hey, been no, a blast. Thanks for having me on. It's been it's been enormous fun, and I think uh, I look forward to, to chatting with you in the future. Oh yeah, absolutely, definitely. Welcome back. Um, yeah, lovely. The episode should be up sometime next week, around the fourteenth or the fifteenth. Hey man, no hurry right. whatsoever. But shoot me, shoot me. Yeah, yeah. L- let me know. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, man. I'll see you later. See you later. Alright, we've reached the end of episode 6 of the Weird Fiction Podcast. Now, the audio quality was particularly rough in this episode. I will be taking measures to make sure that the next one is a bit smoother, with less dog and less partner making a smoothie in the background. Um, yeah, so I will I will get to work on that. Thank you for sticking it out. Thank you for putting up with me. Remember to go over to Greenham Gaming on YouTube, check out Tim's stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you very much, and I'll pass it on over to this week's lovely musician, and we will, yeah, we'll be back.